You're listening to the Before Midnight Podcast with your host, Felicia and Jessica. Grab your Bible and a cup of something warm. We're going to chat about making the most of the magically transformed lives we've been given. Welcome back to the podcast. We are so excited that you're joining us on this chilly January day here in Colorado. It's quite chilly. And today we want to talk about something that I think is kind of a scary topic to talk about. Like we don't want to be the one to share advice on this, but it's kind of an important one. And that is, am I hearing God's voice? Because all of us struggle with this, I think. At least I know I do, but Mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those things where you almost don't want to give advice on it because at the end of the day, you don't know if God's speaking yeah. to someone and, and how many times have you heard people say, well, God told me, God told me, God told me. Oh my God. And then it kind of turns out like clearly that wasn't the case. And it makes you feel so intimidated because you're like, this person's talking to God every day. Like, Well, I was going to say the opposite. <laughs> no, exactly. Like then you realize, oh, okay, yeah. maybe not. Yeah. It's, I actually get very weary when people say, well, God told me, God told me because I'm like, okay, well, if he told you, you shouldn't need to tell me. And a lot mm-hmm. of times I think we sometimes say that so that we can get validation from people and then confirm it and go, okay, well then yeah, God did really tell me because they agree. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, no, that's not how that works. But it's so hard sometimes to know just like, how do I know if I'm hearing God's voice? You know, it's, it's a scary thing. You know, there's so many voices in our world today, especially today. We live in a loud world where everything is just calling out to us. And so we wanted to attempt to tackle this topic and just have a conversation about hearing God's voice and what are some ways that you can actually kind of go through to know if you're hearing from God because when you make big decisions it is an important thing to kind of take your time and figure out. Yeah, for sure. I remember you mentioned doing this topic. <laughs> I know, like almost I every time. I mentioned it like uh, <laughs> when we launched the podcast and back I'm like, in September. Okay, why don't we put that one off? I've put this off for a while, but then as yep. I was kind of preparing, I realized, you know what? It's really not that scary. It's really not. And I think that's part of the yeah. part of the whole lesson today. Yes, that is going to be, it's really not that scary. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start out with a quote and it's a hefty one. So I apologize, but I think it's going to be something that really speaks to you. It certainly spoke to me and it's found in the very first book of the Chronicles of Narnia called The Magician's Nephew. And this is really one of my favorite books in this series and it tends to be people's um, one that they really like and basically Mm -hmm. the perspective of this right now is uncle andrew who is the uncle um, of the little boy and um, that's the main character in the book and they have found themselves in narnia at a very interesting moment they are witnessing the creation of narnia and i really encourage you to read this book this part is really really cool just to see how they portray aslan creating Narnia. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really neat moment, but I just wanted to lay that groundwork so you know where this quote is kind of picking up. And so this is from Uncle Andrew's perspective. When the lion had first begun singing long ago, when it was still quite dark, he had realized that the noise was a song and he had disliked the song very much. It made him think and feel things he did not want to think and feel. Then when the sun rose and he saw that the singer was a lion, only a lion, he said to himself. He tried his hardest to make believe that it wasn't singing and never had been singing, only roaring as any lion might in a zoo in our own world. Of course it can't have really been singing, he thought. I must have imagined it. I've been letting my nerves get out of order. Whoever heard of the lion singing? And the longer and more beautifully the lion sang, 
the harder Uncle Andrew tried to make himself believe that he could hear nothing but roaring. Now, the trouble about trying to make yourself stupider than you really are is that you very often succeed. Uncle Andrew did. He soon heard nothing but roaring in Aslan's song. Soon he couldn't have heard anything else even if he wanted to. And at last, when the lion spoke and said, Narnia, awake, he didn't hear any words. He only heard a snarl. Mmm, that's really good. Every time I would read this, it would just stick out to me so much, and I would always think about God's voice because Uncle Andrew in the book, he is very rebellious. He he is the one who brings the witch into Narnia, and he's the one who goes oh. off with her in the end. So he's not a heroic character <laughs> by any oh. means, but I think it kind of relates to how we can hear God's voice. And the point I wanted to make with that is just like Aslan, God is always speaking to us, right? And I love how he compares Aslan's voice to a song. And that's kind of how Narnia was created as he opened his mouth and a song came out and then everything came from that. Mm. And I think that's just such a beautiful imagery. But yeah, just like Aslan, God is always speaking to us. And I think before we get into any tips and tricks on you know, how to follow God's voice, we need to understand first and foremost the foundation that God is always speaking. He's not withholding anything from us. His voice is always speaking to us in an intimate way, in a corporate way as Christians, but also in a personal level with you. And it is never God who is not speaking. But what can happen is we can either get distracted by things that are going on in the world. Other voices, even good voices, can be a distraction if we focus on them and we don't focus on God's voice. And also there are things we can do that can harden our hearts towards God's voice. And just like Uncle Andrew, pretty soon we don't notice it. We don't hear it. It's there but we have decided that we're not going to listen. And that's quite frankly, a dangerous place to be. But I think most of us, and if you're listening to this, you want to hear God's voice. And so I think that's just the first thing we need to realize is that, you know what? He is speaking. You don't need to do the right things, say the right things, even do, do anything or go anywhere and hear from someone else to have God speak to you. He is always speaking, but there are things that we can do and ways in which we can approach things that will make us more sensitive and tune our ears into what he is already speaking to us. And I think that's really what we want to communicate in today's episode. Yeah. I love that part in the quote when it says the thing about us making ourselves stupider <laughs> is because it usually succeeds. Like, yep. I don't know. That was, I've never heard that quote before, but it was it's really so, good. It's so real. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. I better be careful. When it's I- <laughs> true. Yeah. And it, so it basically really does go in to what I was going to talk about because I realize we live in such a, um, more and more so with time, a very naturalistic society where it's very hard for people to accept um, that miracles happen or to accept that like, oh, this is like a supernatural thing or like God's working in this situation, you know, and it's always like chalked up to something that's very natural. Um, But when I was growing up and I would hear the concept of hearing God's voice, I was expecting that it would be this supernatural event, you know, like I would actually hear an audible voice, which honestly scared me. I'm like, I don't know if I'm mature enough, you know, like I'm a nine year old and I'm like, I don't know if I want to hear like an audible voice when I'm like trying to go to bed at night, you know, so it was like a scary thing, but it also makes you very confused because then you're reading those verses. It's like, 
you know, what is it? Um, the sheep hear my voice and they know it. And like, it's like, oh my gosh, I've never, I've never known if I've heard God's voice before. And so, um, it can become really intimidating, but I realized that in the old Testament, um, it says a lot about like an angel spoke to this person or like Mm -hmm. God came down and he spoke to this person And a lot of times it was supernatural, right? Like we had a burning bush and stuff. Um, But then I think about in the New Testament where, and I believe I might be getting the area wrong, but it mentions that we could be entertaining angels without even realizing it. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that maybe we're interpreting stuff in the Bible as looking very supernatural, even to that person. But then it could actually look very similar to maybe what we experience on a day to day. And we're just viewing it with a very naturalistic lens. It's like if we're possibly meeting entertaining angels without realizing it, it's like that could actually happen in our life. But from our view, it's like, oh, we just met a really generous person or they gave us like Mm -hmm. a word of encouragement and whatever, you know. Mm And so we're seeing the Old Testament. It's like, this looks so different than our life today. It's because we take the possibility of any of these experiences that we're having from being supernatural. That's so true. Um, and so I wanted to read this verse in, I think it's First Kings, because we talk about that still small voice. You know, people have said like, Jesus speaks in a still small voice. And so in First Kings, it says, And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And that was when God was trying to speak to Elijah. He was very discouraged because someone was trying to kill him. <laughs> and so this is discouraging. <laughs> very discouraging. And it's saying that God was not in these huge signs and wonders. He was in that still small voice. And a lot of times, like you said, the world is very loud. And I've noticed more and more that God does things in such opposite way that the world does. It's like, when the world is trying to get a point across or when, you know, I'm even trying to get a point across, I feel like the best way to do it is to, you know, shout it out, like make it loud and make everyone hear. (laughs) But God is such a patient God and he's such a, like, he's, he wants us to seek him. You know, the word says like, seek and you will find, like God is waiting for us to quiet ourselves to hear him. And he is always speaking, like you said, but there's so many distractions that it's kind of hard to hear that still small voice. Mm -hmm. And I've heard it said before like this, if you are going on like a first date with somebody and you're at a huge party and you're trying to find them, but you can't hear them because you don't know what their voice sounds like, it'll be hard. But then if like you're married to someone for a while and you can automatically pick their voice out of the room. Yes. Right? <laughs> you're like, yes. It's very loud. Jessica. <laughs> so the more time you spend with somebody, the easier it will be to recognize their voice. Yeah. And I noticed that as well because when I was really young, I, I was a Christian, you know, I had a relationship with God, but there were many periods in my life where I wasn't really seeking God, you know, and I know Mm -hmm. that the Holy Spirit was still drawing me to him and he was still like speaking to me about, you know, what I should follow and what I shouldn't. 
But it wasn't until a time in my life where I really started seeking God that I actually started to like, I need advice and I would pray and I would actually like hear scriptures come to mind Mm -hmm. and I would be like, and I would look them up and they would be exactly what I was needing to hear. And I just wanted to give one example because it was amazing. Um, in our, uh, one of our episodes before I talked about how I was really, I dealt with like fear of spiritual warfare a lot. Mm. And so I was going through this period of time where I was like really scared about it. And I had never read this verse before. I had no idea where it was. So I was like praying to God and just like asking him to, to give me advice on it. And the verse that came to my mind that, again, never read it. I wasn't even like studying Psalms at the time. I think it was Psalms 31.8. And it said, um, God has put me in a safe place and the enemy can't touch me. Mm. And it was like incredible because I had never read that verse. And it's like, that's happened to me a few times now. And again, it's like, it's not flashy. It's just like the Mm -hmm. word coming to mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The word is so important when it comes to hearing God's voice. It's so true. And I think another point that's really important to make when it comes to, okay, am I hearing God's voice or not? I think there are some things that you can kind of ask yourself, you know, is it a still small voice? You know, I love that so much because it shows so much of his character, Mm -hmm. how he's humble. Yeah. Um, he's not, you know, loud and intimidating and trying to convince you of anything. He's just there and he's wanting to talk to you. And then another thing that can be really helpful is the scripture, John 10, 10. Um, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have an enjoyed life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And I love that so much, that picture of what the thief comes to do in your life and what Jesus comes to do in your life. And I think before you even move further, one of the first things to ask yourself is, is this bringing life or death? Is this, Mm, you know, is this bringing destruction into my life, you know, or someone else's, or is this bringing life? And I think just kind of realizing that it might sound really simple, but there are so many Christians who really think that God brings bad things into their life to teach them something good. Mm -hmm. And it just simply doesn't work that way. You can't run out to your enemy and go, oh, you're here to help me. I embrace you. You know, it's like, what does it say? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. No. <laughs> just like, mm-hmm. you're like, I'm assuming the answer is no. Yeah. No, that is not true. It, it's not always true. Because if that were true in and of itself, then the people who go through the hardest things would be the strongest people. Mm-hmm. And it's just not simply true. It's not true across the board. And you can't just run out to your enemy and go, you're here to make me better. I embrace you. Yes, come. It's like, uh, no, they will kill you right? The enemy isn't here to help you. He's here to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. He's not here to make you a better person. And but what happens is when we go through hard things and we remain steadfast in our faith in God and we allow him to fight our battles for us, we don't give into fear, insecurity, um, you know, anxiousness, all these other things. We, God loves us so much that he's enabled us to fight this fight well and come out on the other side being even stronger because we went through that fight. And what the devil meant to destroy you, God can bring you through and help you become an even stronger person where the enemy's going to be like, crap, now they're stronger. Now they trust God even more because he brought them through a battle. Mm-hmm. What the heck am I doing, right? Yeah. It's like, that's what that means. And so 
I think it's really important, just again, another foundational thing. I can't tell you whether or not this is God's voice in your life, but one thing that you can count on is that the enemy is the one who brings bad things and God is the one who brings good things or will get you through the hard things of life into the other side because he loves you. Mm -hmm. He is not bringing bad things into your life. And I think that's just a really important thing when we're trying to decide is God, is this God's voice? Well, is it, is it death and destruction or is it life and joy? Yeah. You know, or another thing it's like, is this, um, like if you're making a big decision, right. And again, I said earlier that God always does stuff in an opposite way of the world. So let's say you're trying to make a big decision and you feel, um, not like a peaceful pull, but you feel such an urgency, like you have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. That urgency is probably not coming from God because God doesn't work by making you feel pressure and urgency to make a decision. So if you're feeling like this decision that you're about to make doesn't feel like it's peaceful and it doesn't feel like it's on the right timing and you feel like you're having to force things to happen for it to work out, then that's probably another indication that it's not God. That's so true. The uh, patience is a fruit of the spirit. Yes. And the devil doesn't have it. (laughs) Yeah. And there have been actually several times in my life when I felt like people have tried to get me to make a decision quickly. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's like if you're closing on a house, maybe, you know, actually that's a really good example. This home that Jeff and I live in, it kind of came about really quickly. We had to make a decision really quickly within an hour or so mm-hmm. if we were going to put an offer on just kind of the nature Same of the housing market. house exactly yep. Yep. however I can tell you that this was not a fast decision. Mm-hmm. It was, I'm sure it's the same with you and yes. Brian. Uh-huh. It was months of us deciding, do we want to move? Where do we want to move? What kind of house do we want to live in? What's our budget for a mortgage? Like all of these things had been decided with peace and with wisdom to where when the right opportunity came and we're, I'm sure going to get to this, but we had peace, we had like all these things. Then we were able to make that decision more quickly but it wasn't a quick decision if that makes sense but there's been other times where people have tried to get get us to make a decision fast and it you could tell it wasn't like godly like that's just the only way I can describe it it was just like they wanted something and they were trying to be like what's that uh is that in the office where it's like make a decision five four three two go (laughs) give it it to me give it to me so Dwight like he gets on this like I knew you would know exactly what this episode is yeah I know so and when Dwight was like doing that a couple times throughout the episode and he's like always just wants to take more power I think like Michael was trying to figure out how to change the office structure so that he didn't that's right (laughs) he's like make me the boss go 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 Go. and and Michael's like what are you doing no like what and he just walks away (laughs) but that's kind of how some people act like no joke you would probably laugh at some of the things that have happened it's like people Mm -hmm. are like well I need a decision right now but Okay, well, if you need a decision, the decision's no. Yeah, you because know, God if, hasn't given me any God has peace not given this. me any peace either way. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't prayed about it. I haven't even thought about it until this moment when you brought it up. Mm-hmm. The answer's no if you need a decision right now. Now, if you're going to give me time, I can pray about it. Yeah, exactly. But we should never feel pressure. Mm-hmm. Never feel pressure from other people because yeah. you're not going to answer to other people for the decisions you make. That's very it, true. It's going to be God and it's going to be your life that's impacted or yeah. yours and your families or even more people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, I'm so sorry. I, <laughs> I have to sit on my foot to 
be an even height with Felicia <laughs> and my foot just fell asleep. So I'm like, I feel like I'm always uh, shorter than you though. <laughs> really? Well, I think it's because I try to sit so high and then I, and then you're kind of like relaxed. <laughs> and then I, I'm kind of a sloucher, which is a bad habit. I love it. Maybe that'll be another resolution. <laughs> right, there's a resolution. We have an episode on resolutions yes. from last week. Okay. I think my foot's feeling better. What were you going to oh, say? Oh, good. Good. Um, well, the word of God is like the primary way of God speaking to us. So in John 1, 1, it says that Jesus is the word. And we find throughout the whole New Testament that Jesus was confirming like the whole word, including the Old Testament. And then he confirmed what Paul wrote. Um, but like all throughout the New Testament, Jesus was saying, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. Um, and he would quote scripture from the Old Testament. So it's kind of funny, but like uh, at times I'll be like, okay, well, God speaks to the word, but I feel like only if it really impacts me at the time. But I don't know about you, but I feel like I've come to realize that if like the word is alive, I feel like even if I'm reading stuff or listening to the word and it's talking about like, um, you know, the people where it would give an order of like this person begot this the person, genealogy. Begot this. <laughs> the genealogy, Fun I'm parts telling you, this is kind of <laughs> off topic, but I feel like even when the word is talking about stuff that is completely unrelated to what you're wanting to hear and what you're going through or the advice that you're needing because the word is Jesus is the word the word is active and alive like I do really feel like just listening to the word is actually changing your heart and it actually is like speaking to you in a supernatural way just like knowing that the word is so important in our life and it does take time to to be in the word but like I said like earlier when I was younger I never was really seeking I I loved God and I would pray you know when I would think about it but the more I grew closer to him and the more I was in the word it wasn't like it's not like a legalistic thing you know it's not like Jesus like oh if you read the if you read the word for this long a day then you'll start hearing me but it's just when stuff becomes familiar to you then that's when you're starting you're able to like pick those things out from the word yeah. So when we think about the word being the way that God speaks to us most, um, I was thinking about this scripture in Hebrews 4.12. It says, For the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hmm. And I think that's a really neat illustration of what the word of God really does. Cause I think we all grew up knowing, Oh, the word teaches me God's voice. I got to read the word, got to read the word, got to mm-hmm. memorize scripture. But it's really so much deeper than that. The word of God, yeah. when you read it, it's a spiritual principle of how like a sword, it cuts between soul and spirit. It can discern the intentions of our heart. And that is super important when we're trying to figure out, is this God speaking to me? Because it can separate spirit and flesh, right? Like it Mm -hmm. can separate what we want and what God wants. And so I think that's just a really interesting point when it comes to the word of God. It can actually help us discern 
what it is he's trying to say versus just our own flesh, our own thoughts, our own desires and things like that. Yeah, like even again, if it if it's unrelated to what you think you're needing to hear from the word at the time, like I've noticed the more I read the word or the more I just hear the word or something, it's like I notice my mind will be like, oh, you know, should I should I keep doing this? And it's like, I feel like God's word is like changing me and like making me think of stuff, even though that wasn't what the verse was talking about at the time. Cause right. it's just like, you know, it's changing who you are. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a spiritual thing happening when you're reading the word. Absolutely. Yeah. Another thing that I was thinking of, um, that I think God actually just showed me today. <laughs> uh, so new revelation. Don't you love those? But I was thinking about this topic and I was just kind of praying about it. And I thought about this verse and then I felt like I would kind of saw something a little different from it than I normally mm-hmm. do. And again, when we're talking about, okay, am I hearing God's voice? Am I, is this him or is this me? Things like that. Um, what is he trying to say to me? I think another verse that goes really well with this is second Timothy one seven. And it says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. And I think we've all heard this verse quite a bit, right? God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like we hear it all the time. I used just, to have that in my car. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a thing in my car. You'd read it while driving? Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. But I mean, it's just kind of like one of those verses that we know. And I think we just say it, but we don't really think about it. And I was, mm-hmm. I was thinking about it this morning. And I thought about each of those words, power, love, and a sound mind. So when it talks about he's given us power, I feel like that means to know your authority and not be led by fear of the devil. So a lot of times I think, and this is all stuff that I feel like I've gone through when I'm trying to figure out what is God saying to me? Mm -hmm. A lot of times things can be driven by being afraid, right? Out of fear. Oh yeah. Right? So I'm trying to make a decision, but right now I feel afraid or I'm afraid of the devil or I'm afraid of making the wrong decision or I'm afraid, like, Mm -hmm. like fear is kind of driving it. No decision should ever be made in fear. And so one of the first things we need to do is if you feel you're in fear and your decisions are kind of being led by fear, then the first thing is to realize that God gave you power over the enemy and to know your authority and to know what that means. Because until you get out of that fear, you're not going to know what God's trying to tell you. And the next one is love. And I think in every decision, we should be moved by love. Is this, does this decision look like love, right? Does it look like love because God is love? And, you know, we can read in 1 Corinthians 13 about what love looks like. And just mm-hmm. like you were saying before about being patient, love is patient. It doesn't seek its own. Yeah. It believes the best in others, right? Mm-hmm. So you can go through that list in 1 Corinthians 13 and go, is this what this looks like? Mm-hmm. Because that will also be a very good indicator. And then the last one is sound mind. And really that's just following peace following after the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Sometimes it just doesn't make logical sense, but you have peace and it's deeper than a feeling. It's deeper than an emotion, but it's what's supposed to be ruling and reigning in our hearts. Being the, um, Colossians 3.15 says that it should be the inner calm of one who walks daily with him. Let peace be the controlling factor in your hearts, Mm -hmm. deciding and settling the questions that arise. Yeah. And if you go through those things, and I think you're going to be really well off in knowing what God is trying to tell you and when it's maybe just, maybe just you or other people. Yeah. And it's like, God says to walk by the spirit and not by the flesh. And you can either do one or the other. And so 
the flesh is like those things, like you mentioned, fear and impatience and, you know, hurry and whatever. Like when we're following that, we're not going to be able to focus on the spirit. You know, we're not going to be able to listen to God. And so a lot of times, you know, if we're living in the flesh, because as Christians, we can choose to still do that. We can choose fear and all these things. If we're living in the flesh, then, um, you know, we can't operate in that spirit, but God has put all those things in us, peace and love and all those things that we have in us. Like we can follow those. It's just a choice. And honestly, the more that we know God's voice and the more that we spend that time with him, it'll be easier to discern. It'll be easier to walk Mm -hmm. in those things. Absolutely. Like you said before, it takes practice and you get to know it and it becomes easier and you recognize what peace looks like in your life versus when you don't have peace. Exactly. I think that's kind of how I've had to learn it is like, I remember the times when I don't have peace where I'm like, crap, that wasn't the right decision, you know, but it can all all the time to me. It can be like what we said before though, too. Like even those situations can teach you Mm -hmm. about peace and teach you about God's voice. And then you can become stronger even in the mistakes that we make. And so my sheep hear my voice, he says, Mm -hmm. and we just don't have to be so afraid of missing it. If we want to hear him and we pursue him, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. And I love that you said like in the beginning, you know, he is always speaking. So it's not like we're missing him. It's not like he's left us alone and it's like, oh, we have to get his voice back. Like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think at the end of the day, we really just want to say that it's really not as complicated as Mm -hmm. we make it. And there's no reason to be afraid, but we should draw near to him and we should pursue him and we should keep our hearts sensitive towards him. But it's really such a simple thing because he wants to speak to us. He's always speaking to us. You have the ability to hear from him. It might not come the way you think. Like you said, it might come through other people or through the word, but staying sensitive to him is a choice and we can always make that choice. And hearing from him is a birthright as his daughter in Christ. And so you have the right to hear from him and you don't need to make yourself better or more worthy in order to do it. Mm -hmm. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, then please like it and subscribe to the podcast so that you can catch all of the amazing episodes that we have coming your way this year. And make sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook, and we'll catch you next week for our next episode.